20-somethings who are either married or in committed relationships who say their unions are more secure and more honest because they don't believe in monogamy. I just took off my clothes and I had to do it. Talking about swinging, or as it's known now, living in the lifestyle. We're going to have to give you some monogamy. Technically, an orgy requires a minimum of six participants. This is a new generation of swingers. Waves are coming at you on Friday, Saturday, by Sunday, your nuts gonna be drained. Oh, 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 oh. Hi everyone, welcome back to Swinging Around, the sex positive podcast about swinging sex. And today we have a very special episode. Yeah, today we have Amina Peterson joining us. She's the founder of the Atlanta Institute of Tantra and Divine Sexuality. Say hello, Amina. Hello. <laughs> welcome. Yeah. Welcome. It's great to have you. So hopefully I got your little snippet right. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the Atlanta Institute for, of Tantra and Divine Sexuality? Well, you did get it right, so thank you. <laughs> it can be a mouthful. Um, so I started the Atlanta Institute of Tantra and Divine Sexuality a little over two years ago. I moved to Atlanta three years ago. Before that, my practice was based out of um, out of a suburb of Honolulu, Hawaii, for for twelve years prior to that. So, a little bit of a change of of atmosphere when mm-hmm. I got here um, and started working with clients and um, and teaching. I realized quickly that there was way first of all a much larger need for sacred sexuality teaching and understanding and sex coaching and um and just you know some of the some of the fun sides of of intertwining spirit with sex um was that just like a a gap in in something that people are even willing to talk about like how did you how did you realize oh there's a need for this well i really um i i really just started teaching my i went to teach a couple classes and they sold out (laughs) (laughs) that's great that was my first sign but keep in mind i've never before Atlanta, I'd never lived in the South. I mean, I went back and forth when I was a kid with my dad living in the South, my mom up North. But I mean, a lot of it, honestly, I had my own preconceived notions of just what like the Bible Belt was going to be like. Mm-hmm. And so I never thought I'd be able to put on classes and workshops in the way that I was used to here. Right. Too I conservative. Did, yeah. I was like, there's no way. I mean, I was talking about conscious blowjobs. There's no way. <laughs> people show up for that and um and for the first my first class which was um a sip and paint where we painted pussies and um I was the art of cunnilingus so I did a lecture on how to eat pussy properly Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that class sold out like within moments sign me up (laughs) oh yeah where yeah where do we where we didn't see that didn't at uh, at Naughty. At, I don't know. Um, although we, you had a couple of sessions that we weren't able to attend um, at Naughty New Orleans, but the eating pussy that that's definitely one that <laughs> so, that sounds yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Whenever I do a pussy eating class, that is actually now I realize the one that sells out the most. So, and it's always great because that class sells out not just from people who eat pussy, but people who have pussies that are just like, how do I? I don't know if I like it. Like, mm-hmm. How do I coach somebody into doing it better? Because when I get it done, I don't like it. There's nothing wrong with me. So it's kind of fun because it, you get both sides of of the, or I guess multiple sides of, of the fence because you also get people that are like, well, 
I've never done it yet. <laughs> but if I get invited to one more party, <laughs> I'm gonna have to do it. <laughs> so yeah. Is it is it uh, mostly male female couples or is it all kinds of different relationships? Well, strangely enough, um, and this is hilarious to me, and, and it, but I my classes are about seventy five percent women. Oh, interesting. This is really interesting. We have a theory going on here that that um, that men are are, are scared <laughs> to admit <laughs> that they need a little help yeah. in coaching, and so therefore I have this now abundance of highly skilled sex assassins running through Atlanta <laughs> and no one to assassinate. It's sad. But <laughs> Send them up to Michigan. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> But yeah, it's funny. It's in, you know, I find it interesting because of the mix. I mean, it's you know, my space is queer friendly, but by all means, it, it, I have a large heterosexual audience, um, and so it's not like it's all you know queer women showing up. It's, mm-hmm. These are women that are just they're ready to explore and have enjoyable sex, have passionate sex, have more committed and connected sex, and and. You know, not committed, like, long-term commitment per se, but just be committed to this moment that we're in. And and it's, um, it's, it's you know, kind yeah. of catch-22 it, it, because they mm-hmm. don't have the partners coming in and taking <laughs> mm-hmm. classes. I mean, so. it, it makes sense, then, on how you would be connected to Nadia Nolens, then, in the swinging community because there's there's a large bisexual female population in in the lifestyle community, how did you yes. get? Um, how did you end up being invited and, and attending Nadia and Allen's? Um, I was teaching at Sex Down South, and one of um, John came into one of my classes, and um, I like to teach in the nude, even if it's an academic class. <laughs> <laughs> so he walked in and caught his attention. He listened and paid attention, and he said, "Oh, you teach at Naughty." <laughs> <laughs> So it was really easy for me, which but it's funny because I was, um, you know, I was in the swinging community for a while. Well, I don't know if yeah, community is such a big word, but mm-hmm. um, when I moved to Hawaii, there, you know, there was just always an opportunity to end up with couples, and I was, uh, you know, young hot unicorn just <laughs> landed, so it was great. <laughs> Everyone loves and, a unicorn. <laughs> right, everyone loves the unicorn. So, so my experience in Hawaii was amazing because of it. But I, um, but I never, you know, I would look at the events because I was on Lifestyle Lounge and coming from Hawaii, it's far. Everything is far too. It's like saving up to go somewhere, mm-hmm. probably going on a vacation. I'm not gonna go to the swingers convention. <laughs> so I just never really had an opportunity to go to any naughty events because I was so far away. Mm-hmm. So when I got here and got the opportunity, I was really, really excited. And I taught a few classes that all all went really well. Looking forward. I'm actually going on this naughty cruise in a few weeks. Okay. Um, That'll be fun. So um yeah. Naughty New Orleans uh, 2019 was our first time attending, and it was amazing. So how many times, how many years have, have you been a, a presenter? That was my first time. Oh, okay. You never know. Yeah, I, mean. that was, that, I got, yeah, we were all getting our tears clapped at the same time. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> that was my first time teaching at Naughty. I mean, I've taught at conferences all over the country, but that was my first time coming to, to Naughty. And... Um, and it, yeah, it was. It was amazing. There was, I mean, it was there, it was a lot. It, there was a lot of information coming in from all directions, even as a presenter. So 
Uh, but I had a really good time and really got to meet a lot of people and see a lot of different sides to the lifestyle. I think that was important for me because I work a lot with couples who are oftentimes, um, you know, seeing other people. So they're more in a polyamorous lifestyle than, than a swinging lifestyle, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I was in Hawaii, um, you know, when you're fucking on an island, it's really different. And so, <laughs> just fewer um, people to to pick from. Is that kind of the gist? You all, it's just a smaller pool. Everybody's kind of fucking each other. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> it's, uh, so it's like you almost feel like you're in a polyamorous relationship with the, with a bunch of people because you're all still also hanging out. It's not like you're flying into, you know, a party in vegas for the weekend or for you know you're yeah. driving for two states away we're all we're all tw- 10 20 minutes from each other yeah you're not even <laughs> island hopping to to fuck yeah, you're just no, you're staying in island the island hopping. yeah you're just kind of like so you see each other at whole foods you see <laughs> each other at you know at the at schools and so you just become friends you're at the beach all the time so it's like it's it's a different type of swinging i think at the end of the day so you because mentioned oh i'm i'm sorry so, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You mentioned that you have um, taught at other conferences before. Um, maybe, um, educate me. What other conferences uh, are other than Naughty um, have have your type of classes? Because we would be interested. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. So Sex Down South is one of them. Have you come up to Sex Down South before? No. No, but I'm writing oh. it down. <laughs> oh, come down. To, yeah. So Sex Down South is in October. Um, no, sorry. In September. And they, it's an amazing conference that does the same. Um, it's a sex educational space. So, but it's fun because there's a dungeon there. Jet Set and Jasmine and King Noir are there, usually with the dungeon. And um, and then there's, you know, play parties in the evening. Um, but not like the same kind as Naughty, but mm-hmm. just, you know, like they'll be, yeah, they're close. I mean, I think we <laughs> are set in to watch like a blowjob contest. Um and so, and there's performances and stuff like that at night. And then during the daytime is lectures and, and classes. Um, Andre Shakti did a class on fisting last year with a live demo on fisting. I was like, fuck yeah. This is like, what? <laughs> yeah. What, what kind of conferences are you going to go to and see a live fisting demo? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so amazing. All, all, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be amazing. All kind of kinks are explored and, and educated. Um, and it's really, it's a really great conference. They also have Sex in the Middle, which is in Kentucky. No, Casey. What's Casey? Oh, uh, Kansas City. Or thank you. Kansas City? Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> Not Kentucky. <laughs> um, and then there's, that's a little bit closer to you guys. But then there's also Sex on the Beach, um, which is coming up this year, which is uh, down in Miami. Oh, that's so on there's the- a few. Yeah, that's that's still all in the middle and the east. Yeah, did I yeah. Did, did I miss where was Sex Down South at? Where was where was Atlanta. that? Atlanta. Okay, Atlanta. Atlanta. So right, right in your neck of the woods. So right, right. So yeah, everything's. Um, and then there's, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot over here. The out west, there's, you know, Burning Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the closest you're gonna. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of other um, conferences that are smaller that happen out west. DomCon is one that I think is still very, even though it's very kink specific, it's still very lifestyle friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of cuck and a lot of 
um, you know, very kink specific to dom sub dynamic, but that's, that's big and that's in LA. Um, and I think that's really it as far as the places that I've gone or I've, okay. you know, worked with. I know that there's some more, but I, you know, I look at conferences every year because I enjoy teaching and there's not a whole lot. I'm the, it, I think it's a big surprise or should be a surprise to all of us that the red states are holding the strong majority. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah but, no kidding. <laughs> but that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Burning Man is a bucket list thing that we want to go to at some point. We haven't, we haven't gone, but we, it's a, it's a bucket list for us. Yeah, camp. There's a lot of good camps out there that uh, that are also very, you know, polyamorous. Camp Contact, which is the camp that I had connected with when I was in California, because um, my my office was in Berkeley for a bit. That they they have the same. That I mean, it's not a swinging community, but they're definitely free love and and open. And I think the whole Burning Man spirit is like that. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, there's a lot of classes and workshops. A lot of people think they get. I don't know what people think. I think they just get surprised. <laughs> yeah, I I'm there. surprised to hear. I didn't know. I thought it was Burning Man was kind of a, just a big party. So it's cool to hear. I didn't know if there was seminars and classes to take. So that that's even more of a reason to go because we were, I was, we, we just had, wanted to go for the atmosphere. Yeah. We anyway. just wanted to go for the atmosphere and the fun. Yeah. Yeah. The atmosphere. Now I, I actually have not gone to Burning Man. I've worked with Camp Contact and every year I say I'm going to go, but it just never works out for me. Um, but I know that I, I know a lot of people in the camp that are instructors and I used to um, hang out with some of the organizers of, of that camp, which is how I got invited to come teach for them. Um, but it's all of the major, like the old school, especially camps, all have classes and workshops, yoga, tantra yoga, um, you know, intimacy classes. And um, like, it's just really a crazy cool, you know, like I look through all the different camps and or not all of them, it's just so many, but look through some of the camps and you'll kind of get an idea as to who you want to camp with also mm-hmm. you know it's really important not to just i think to just fly out to burning man but to connect with with a group mm-hmm. so that you have some grounding and some home base uh while you're there kind of like find your people yeah find your people yeah so you you just recently opened your own church in in 2019 right I did, yeah. Tell us about that. So the Atlanta Institute of Tantra is registered as a church. Um, and, then, you know, in the words of, of, of Ziggy Riley, love is my religion. <laughs> so um, it we did it for a couple of reasons. One, I've been an ordained minister for quite some time now. And, um, and I am by no means religious. So I always have to explain people, explain to people that, you know, I, I originally became ordained because of um, when gay marriage was approved. I wanted to make sure that I could be available for folks that needed, that needed someone needed to services. marry them. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that was originally what happened. But throughout my studies of Tantra and understanding the philosophy of Tantric Buddhism and applying that to all aspects of my life, especially um, my my loving and love making areas, but but in all aspects that that's just you know to me something that I think is is a valuable w- way to exist. And so when I registered, that was one reason. The other reason is that 
my, my, my classes and workshops and all that we do here, um, for the most part, the ones that we do here in Atlanta, they're, they're not money makers. We're not designed. We're trying to, mm -hmm. to crack all that sells out because everybody can access it. And that was one of the big things that I knew was a, a huge difference because every time I had gone to anything that was tantra related or wanted to, it was so expensive mm -hmm. that I had to really make some serious financial decisions about, mm -hmm. can I go? And this is not just for the person that lives in California that can drive down, but for the overwhelming majority of folks, they're going to have to fly in and have accommodations. And by the time you end up looking at it to take a class for four days, is three or four thousand dollars, and that's a that's a big price. It yeah, is, yeah, yeah. You know, for most of America, when you're looking at your budget, so, the sex class gets cut before first other yeah. things. Yeah, I'm gonna hold on to my coffee before I. <laughs> so, um, so I I wanted to make sure that I could keep it that way, and so I have my my tantra festival, which we put on in October, but the the institute, which is a church, is nonprofit, so. All of the classes are donation based, and you know the donation suggested is at twenty tw between twenty and twenty five dollars, which means that everybody gets a chance to come and learn about sex and sexuality and spirituality and meditation and yoga and conscious ways to give blowjobs. <laughs> so, <laughs> what um, you don't just bob? That's there's more to it than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so um, it's been great though because because of that I've had mother and daughter combos I've had you know people who I you know a lot of veterans that come through and people who I know that would just would not have access to <laughs> this information otherwise and that 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 is you know reason enough for for me to go ahead and be cool with being a church so <laughs> that's awesome how. How do you go about marketing yourself in your area and getting the word out about your classes and letting these mothers and daughters uh, know? To... <laughs> Come learn learn how to please your man together. <laughs> right. In the same space. Um, so <laughs> sometimes, it, well, that's been challenging, right? Because I started, I got here to Atlanta with SESA and FOSTA pending. It was in, um, if, for those of you that are listening that don't know, those are two bills that were passed unanimously by the House and the Senate um, in an effort to, or under the guise of, I'll say, stopping sex trafficking. And what it really was, was a push um, to stop sex work. And so this work that I do is still under the umbrella of sex work. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm proudly a sex worker. Um, what that does though, me being so proudly and verbally and visibly a sex worker it means that I can't advertise on any social media platforms or really any media platforms at all. That's so, challenging, just to have yeah. that that stigma associated with the the work that you're doing. I mean, you're you're clearly helping people, you know, live more fulfilling lives, but it's not. I mean, viewed so that are way. most sex workers, but you know, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> but so I um so I have a couple things that I've done, luckily. Um, I was, or I won't say luckily, but, you know, in gratitude, I was also, I worked in marketing for many years. Um, I worked uh, in leadership level at nonprofits, and I actually taught um, nonprofits how to market themselves. So I was ready. <laughs> um, I, um, you know, I have done some fundraising for some organizations that, you know, put a lot of, a lot of 
people would probably support, whether they were queer or Muslim mm-hmm. or, you know, so that it, it, it just goes with the, with the training that I think was readying me for this, this, this lifestyle. And so I have my own podcast, the Fix Your Sex podcast. That's right. Which That's reach, right. reaches a, you know, a good group of people. And I, I constantly get referrals and folks that drop in when they're visiting from out of town and folks that listen here in Atlanta that will come in um, from that. And I, you know, maintain my own personality on, on social media just as a, per- as a person, mm-hmm. staying in communication with people who are, um, you know, who are in the lifestyle and just kind of grow, growing my following online really organically, talking to folks, engaging with folks that way. Um, I make sure that I sponsor other events uh, so that people can see the name and, and get comfortable and familiar with, with the brand. I teach at conferences and, and then I come on uh, wonderful podcasts like this one to talk <laughs> about what I do so that people can hear hear about it and, and tell a friend even if they're not in Atlanta because we're all doing it. Yeah, we, we like to spread the word about good people doing good things as much as we can. And I think the lifestyle is, is about that, too. There's this just it's like an underground network, it feels like, of people who are all like minded and want to share in the love and share in, in all that information together. So, I'm, you know, I think this is a good, Absolutely. good meeting together. Exactly. I appreciate it. I really do. So as a, as an um, open and honest uh, about the work you do and um, and the sex work, could you speak a little bit about how navigating life is different for you than it might be for most people or even us? Like we have this podcast, but we're not as, as like our family doesn't know about this. And so we're still, we have friends, we have lifestyle friends that, and, and, uh, but we still are base are pretty much in the closet in terms of, in terms of our lifestyle life. But so if you, if you could speak about somebody who's so open and honest about what they do and how they make their, their living, that would be, that would be very enlightening. Yeah. It's, I mean, there are, there are some pros and some cons, right? I worked in corporate until December 31st of 2016. And so I worked in the closet mm-hmm. for 14 years. And you had to, right? Cause you were and in I, corporate. I, no, I, I didn't. That's the funniest oh. thing about it is I did not, I absolutely did not have to. I just thought I had to. <laughs> okay. Um, because what the, there's a, a couple layers to this is that while I was working um, underground or in the closet, if you will, so many people actually still knew um, and it didn't impact them at all. It didn't change the way our friendships moved. It didn't change any dynamic of our relationship. I had a, a just a funny story. Um, I was sitting at a dinner party in Hawaii and uh, with a group of friends. And I knew a lot of the friends, you know, I knew the husbands and the wives in this group, right? And I'm hanging out, we're outside on the back porch, um, maybe or maybe not sharing a, um, a funny cigarette as my grandmother would call it. <laughs> and um, and the, uh, the conversation turned to displeasure in marriage, a lack of fulfillment in marriage. And about halfway through the conversation, I'm not saying anything at the time because one, I'm not married. I'm at the table with the, quite a few women who are married with children. So I'm just listening to their story. And then one of the wives turns over to me and she says, I mean, can you help us? I mean, this is what you do, right? <laughs> I like, uh, 
they all knew. Yeah, <laughs> they just knew. <laughs> they knew. They, you know, you, you, if you're unhappy in your marriage and you're researching, or if you have questions and you're trying to figure out something and you start Googling and after a while you put two and two together and you realize, hey, I know that house. I know that, <laughs> I, you know, my face is blurred out, but I know those legs. Or, this sounds <laughs> like somebody that I know. And so you start, especially in Hawaii, where everybody sees everybody's legs all day. Um, you know, I know that tattoo or whatever. And so it, people had figured it out anyway, and it hadn't impacted any part of my life. I still was able to move up successfully in my corporate career. I was still able to maintain friendships. Um, no one did, like, I still babysit. You know, no one was like, well, I don't want her around my kids or mm-hmm. anything like that. Because they knew you, right? They knew, they knew me. you. Yeah. And so it was a valuable lesson for me on that day that um, all of this time that I was scared to be my true authentic self, but I didn't have any real reason for that fear. But as most fear is, it was irrational and based in nothing, nothing. There was no reason I had that fear. It was just I had assumed that, that the people that I had called friends weren't good people. And I think once we realize that the people that we've invited into our lives that we love and love us are actually inherently good people, good beings, that a lot of what we think we have to hide, um, we don't have to. Now, I didn't give them the whole spiel. I didn't mm-hmm. tell them that, yeah, I'm also, you know, I have a dom business and I sit on people <laughs> and piss on them. And I didn't go through all of that. Now, now I let them find that out drip by drip. But <laughs> <laughs> pardon the pun. <laughs> eye-opening and also very um, heart-opening for me to realize that, you know, people are good. And my people are good, too. And I'm good. And none of this other stuff, like, we're all having sex. Somebody's just scared to do it. Somebody's scared to talk about it. So, yeah. That's awesome that you had such a, a good experience like that. How how scary or how did you feel when you when you did end up quitting that, that corporate job? Uh, well, <laughs> I had made up my mind to leave the country after the last election. <laughs> so, oh, <yeah. laughs> so I quit with this intention that I was, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm going to go to Atlanta and pack my mother up and we are going to leave because I love Costa Rica anyway. And I got here and my mother, she had been sick. Um, she had had a couple heart attacks. And so I was coming also to help get her in a space where she was feeling better she was like, I don't want to leave. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm, I want to stay here. I like it here. And I was like, oh, brother, well, that's not what we planned when we called. <laughs> yeah. so, and now I got to move uh, my business over here. So. Right. So now, but now I'm here and I quit my job and shit. <laughs> so I had to. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't like I, there was there was fear, but there wasn't a lot of time to be scared. Yeah. I just had to move. And I continued um, what I did there. I started seeing clients and luckily for me Sefton and Foster hadn't been passed yet and so there was still Craigslist and so I would go <laughs> lots of swingers have go, been on Craigslist so. yes um, I would go into um, what was the what was the fun category uh, chance encounters yes, I think yes yeah. that one I would go over to there and I would say my, my ad would always be the same it would say maybe what you're looking for is more than just sex Mm, that's intriguing. <laughs> yes, and that was my subject line, and I would change it up, and I would talk about 
I would talk about our, you know, our desire and what we're, what we think we're looking for, what we're missing and how we can connect better. And if you call me today, <laughs> I can help you. And, um, and I started getting clients. I started getting clients again. And, and that worked great until, you know, for a year and, and Tessa Foster left. By then I had built up my practice. I'm an obsessed impulsive took person. Yeah, so yeah. But then I had built up my practice. And so I had a good following by then. And it was just divine timing for everything because I wouldn't have been able to do it a year later. So it all worked out. It all worked out as it always does. <laughs> So we attended two of your classes in Naughty New Orleans, and we want to talk a little bit about those in a moment. But before we get to that, I wanted to ask you about experiences working within the different communities, swinging communities, BDSM, and navigating those different communities. And if there's things that you think some certain communities could do better or what <laughs> the from the from the teaching aspect and, and, the, and the classes and, and interacting a lot with the attendees and what you your, your takeaways from the differences and, and speak a little bit about from that angle. Well, I will say this, this is something that I say every time I go to a swinging event, the swinging community has a lot to learn about consent. And when you're in the BDSM community where consent is everything, and then you show up to the um, swinging community, it's a, oh, it's, it's a big adjustment. It's a big adjustment. You find yourself just in this space where you're like resetting everything that you think you know about humanity. Mm -hmm. um, so, <laughs> so because it's not, you know, there's, there's, we're still in a space, I think, where we're removing a bit of the old patriarchy and the sense of entitlement that's still set up in the swinging community. Um, you know, there's this kind of transition into, into you, into the younger generation is changing of the guards and I think that, that that process that's happening is making us all kind of see like you know whoa this you can't just grab me because I'm over here having sex with somebody like mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like it's just these kind of things are like would never happen in the in the kink community I mean yeah it, it, it does it definitely happens in the swing community not that it makes it okay but, but we do see that, and it's kind of like, I see it, I like it, I'm, it's mine, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, it really is. That's, it's very, very age four. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. So that, I think, is to me the biggest thing that I think there's space for, room for growth, um, and, and, some, and probably some room for some healing around it, just because I think a lot of um, people that are in the swinging community particularly a lot of women that are in the swing community and, and, and some of the men too as well. I shouldn't say just the women, but more of the women are probably in a space where relearning boundaries mm -hmm. around consent is may, may be really triggering and hard because when you come to the realization, like feeling violating, violated, and then like really realizing, no, that was definitely a violation. It's a triggering moment for for most people. So yeah, there's there's uh, no handbook when couples sign up for SLS or Cassidy or whatever it is and and go to right. swinging events. There's there's nobody there to introduce them to say, hey, here's what you should do, here's what you shouldn't. You know, there's there might be the the set of rules that shows up on the events page that say, hey, don't bring your cell phones or whatnot. But there there's right. there's no one there really ushering you in unless you're going to a smaller more intimate event where the pace would be slower and and you know less carnal and maybe more about the just the raw sexuality right 
Yeah, and so that's what, like, for especially for me, because I came from those smaller, more intimate gatherings, and then also kink. Mm-hmm. So for me, coming in and and coming in some of the bigger scenes where it just seemed like, whoa, this is wait, whoa, that's not what wait. Did you ask <laughs> what are you doing? Whoa, hold on, why are you touching me? Um, like that that whole process has been has been interesting <laughs> and and challenging. Um, so. Have have you had to adapt any of your techniques or to the different communities that you will teach to give because you coming coming in you might know okay this is this community and this is their their mores and and, and things and 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 their rules and so I can kind of breeze over this because I know that this is it's inherent in this community but maybe in the swinging talking more you talk more about consent or or yeah. tailoring tailoring to the yeah no that's absolutely what happens there's like you know there's this kind of your icebreakers are more like consent heavy than um, than they would be. Um, there's I focus more on getting to know energy than skin um, as a as a way to connect with each other. Like, well, let's see what our energy looks like together, not necessarily what it feels like to be physically touched by me. So things like that are, are things that I've had to and am still currently trying to adapt. Um, and just kind of change because I think that, you know, I still want to be present and available in both communities. I still enjoy swinging. I just, um, it's just a, it's just another, you know, a, a learning curve for mm-hmm. me. But there definitely are some, are some shifts and, and, and being more consent focused, consent driven. Um, and also just working more with couples has been something too for me in the swinging community. Whereas if I'm working with a group of, 10 couples that are, you know, they're coming to me to learn about it, then what they decide they're going to switch up in class, they have to ask because we're kind of working as couples. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, just kind of changing the format of some of my classes and stuff as well has been helpful. I noticed um, the, you know, you're talking about getting to know each other's energy. That was one of the icebreakers that you did in the group masturbation session was um, yes. taking time to, to spend each other's energy. And I'd say the first the first person or two that that I was with felt extremely awkward, but the more that we did it, because I think we probably did I don't know five or ten different rotations, mm-hmm. I could really start to feel people just relax in the room and get comfortable standing within inches of a stranger and just breathing together and not touching each other and and I I really saw the benefit by the end, but definitely got a hard eye roll from me in the beginning because I was like what what is this you know <laughs> I, I felt it by the end yeah I, I got it yeah you you, you pushed Heidi and I past our comfort zone uh, well not past but you had, had had us explore our comfort zone right away in that class because we the 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 energy piece of of sexuality is not something that we have a lot of experience exploring and so it was that was um, a challenge at first and as how you said it didn't take very long because I mean that whole um, th- it took about maybe 10 minutes uh, standing and just taking in people's energy but that's th- th- that was a new experience for us and it was a very a very interesting experience and and it was in this in the span of those 10 minutes it the attitude changed from skepticism to oh this isn't bad to oh this is this is really interesting and I like it you Yay. know I, I liked it by Yay. the end <laughs> and, and then I thought, okay, how do we do something like this at swinger events? Because 
the energy it was much more comfortable to if if that session were about more than just self-pleasure if it was about group pleasure I think that broke the ice to enable it versus in in most swinging events it's just hey you're hot I'm hot we had some some fun chit chat let's just go let's go bang and and there's no real energy sharing I think it's more energy taking from one another than it is sharing with each other yeah I think that that's also the I think there's that and then there's this thing about like really being witnessed like I am here I see you, I feel you, I am going to listen to you and appreciate you and value you. And I think that when we do these energy exchanges in the beginning, it really sets the tone for that. And I always say like one of my, one of the things that I, uh, as a seasoned unicorn, um, I'm now married, but I've spent <laughs> a lot of my life as a unicorn. Um <laughs> I know that, you know, with uh, even with uh, watching other unicorns and the way that that the movement is, it's almost like I, I, want, I want it to happen, but I don't want anybody to talk to me too much about it. <laughs> I don't want anybody to really acknowledge that I'm this freaky. I'm just here. <laughs> Please take advantage of me. And so it, it and not, not like, you know, yeah, yeah. Me, but like, but, you know, use, hey, use you. I'm here. <laughs> here, use me. And I think that this, you know, that, that way of moving is you know i'm not judging it but i will say that there is there's room for other ways and we tend to move in that way because we don't want to acknowledge that our sex is is good enough to be free of shame and free of guilt and free of any of the other crap that we pack into the sex bag that mm-hmm. this gives us this moment of acknowledgement of i see you i feel your energy um, you, every you can't hide from me. You can't hide. You can't hide away and pretend like you're not truly a sexual being. Um, that, that it's not a part of your entirety, and just roll out just the sex mat for me. But instead, you get to be a whole human mm-hmm. that is also sexually inclined. That's also sexually driven, but also has all these other facets to you. And I get to see and acknowledge and honor all of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think when that happens and those exchanges when that happens, the sex is so much better and hotter in the orgasms. I mean, because you're connecting at a, at a much deeper level than you would without the ICU piece of it. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I'm here for the orgasm. So, <laughs> aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that, that, that's a big piece for, for me. And so, I want people to realize that. You know, you continue just ejaculating and you continue just feeling good and having some having some some of these smaller flutters of of orgasmic energy. Or you can start to like let go, take down some of the walls and have some full blown, mind blowing, body shaking, temple moving orgasms. We all want more (laughs) of that. (laughs) We all want more of that. So that, I think, is a good segue to talk more about the fuck her like a goddess concept. That was the yeah. second That was the second course that we attended, and yeah, we you, loved you it. Yeah, I only missed a new request then. Oh, um, 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 what was that? I'm sorry, I missed that part. I said you only missed the new request then. You went to the yep. Oh, yep, yes. the new request. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fuck her like a goddess, that, that's basically what that is, right? It's just this idea that, um, you know, I and I... 
tell this to women all the time that um, we are, first of all, we're fucking hot women. <laughs> like, nothing that is happening in this planet is happening for any reason for the most part other than to impress a woman. Like, wars, uh, cars, they'd be driving uh, Subarus or pickup trucks if it was. <laughs> this whole, everything that we're doing is because it's it's in devotion to the divine feminine. Everything that we try to create that's beautiful is in devotion to the divine divine feminine. So why not act like that on your regular, you know, day to day life and interaction sexually with the representation of the goddess here on here on the planet, which is the divine feminine, the female, so the or the um, the woman body, um, and so learning how to take the time. To actually, you know, to make sure that you're doing that, that you're mm-hmm. not just rushing through, or you're not centered on your own pleasure, or you're not centered on, on whatever it is that you center on. And a lot of us are, when we're having sex, we're really focusing on stuff that has nothing to do with sex at all. Mm-hmm. We're somewhere in work, or we're somewhere in thought about what's next, or you know, you're trying not to think about it because you don't want to come. It's all these things that are happening that don't, that are not, yeah. not how you should be fucking a goddess, and so, um, so that that class is, is you know kind of based on, on, on that reality that you know the divine feminine is here for you. We there's the we celebrate all the things that the feminine energy brings, like um, nurturing and and love and compassion. But do we honor those things? And so in sex, there's an opportunity to really honor those things and to see um, to see her see see her as more than more than you would regularly see her. So one of the first things we did when we got back from the trip is we tried to write down all ten steps because we didn't take notes during the during the class. We wanted to write down all ten steps. We only got nine of them. So we were <laughs> we were missing one. So I am not being fucked like a goddess then because <laughs> nine out of ten is not good enough. Okay. So, which, um, so can we walk would you can we walk through the ten and and see which where did we where did we go wrong and maybe talk about each one for a brief moment and yes, like a, like a, the clip notes of the of the class. So yes. um Number one I have here is control your nut. Okay. And then... Yeah, that's right. Semen retention, intense build up intense mind-blowing orgasms that can last for hours. You have to control your nut. All right. So what's number two? Communication. Yeah. Um, make a list. Start to learn what you like, what you love. And um, it's really important to learn what you love. A lot of times we operate from level. I don't like that. Okay, cool. Don't talk to me about that. Talk to me about what you like. I'm here for the no's. Like, no, not that. But I want to know what is it that you desire. So you got to find out what that is. And that requires you to be more in tune with who you are. And then you got to be able to communicate it. All right, what's number three? All right, we have uh, clean your fucking room. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Prepare a temple. Clean your space. I love that one. Okay, go ahead. Breathing. Okay. Massage. After well, you ca- said breathing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Breathing was number four on our list. So I don't know where we which where we missed the. So I don't know. Number if, four. 
Number four is bathing ceremony. Bathing ceremony. Okay. Okay. Well, we have we we didn't miss that. We have that number seven. So we're I, out of order. Okay. <laughs> I guess we're out of order. <laughs> oh, and I might have this. I might I might have you know sometimes the preacher goes off track, so I might have gone <laughs> off. But breathing is is after that one. So okay. So go ahead, breathing. You have breathing, and that's that's not just like all of the way we breathe, but it's breathing specifically, becoming mindful of your partner's breath and of your own breath and trying to sink your breath inhaling to her exhale and vice versa so okay that's go ahead. hot what you got when, when you get that that's really hot too when you're in sync like yeah. that it is right it's super hot yeah okay. you have to think <laughs> about it but when it happens whew, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like and it. and for most of us we don't think about it and then when it happens it's amazing but if we thought about it more we tried to and and we were in the moment more and we could make that happen more if you are in the moment more, you get to make it happen more. And I tell people all the time, because I work with so many couples that get stuck up in their chest with their breath. And if you're breathing up here at the top where you're kind of in your throat, and that sounds familiar because we all do it, that, mm -hmm. <sighs> that is not a belly breath. That is not a big orgasm that you're preparing for. You're preparing for a little bitty nut or a little bitty <laughs> orgasm. You start getting that deep belly breathing where your body, your spine is moving, and your hips are moving, and that's the one. Mm -hmm. That's the one you want. And that's when your toes curl and you can't uncurl them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, so what else do we have? Next I have in here is massage. Okay. And um, then aftercare. So these aren't in order because I think the aftercare would okay, be at yeah. the end. Um, but aftercare speak a little bit about the aftercare piece because i know that you know i i definitely don't take the care that i should but maybe speak a little bit about aftercare okay sure absolutely i um so aftercare is it is really something that i learned in the kink community but i don't know why i had to learn it there because here you have this huge conscious exchange of energy um and you could be doing all kinds of things, you know, some things that may feel like they're humiliating, but it's what you want, right? It's not like mm -hmm. you're not just being humiliated, but you ask for, you know, to get smacked or to get choked or, you know, to do whatever, he, whatever it is that you, whatever kink you got. Um, uh, and it could be painful because of the position that you were in. There's this kind of juxtaposition between pain and joy. You don't want to move because it's also hitting the G spot and, all of these things are going through the body, right? Well, what happens afterwards? After you've spent your energy, you've done all this work to try and please each other while still feeling good for yourselves, both physically, emotionally, what do you do next? Well, after here, I always say that my favorite, one of my favorite sex toys is a crock pot. <laughs> um, because if you just keep a crock pot near the bed, um, as a, you know, you're setting up your space and preparing this, this divine love palace that you're going to be, you know, fucking each other conscious brains out in, then you have, you know, some rolled up washcloths, hand towels or face towels and, and uh, some water and these little essential oils in the crock pot on low. And you have, you don't have to leave the bed. Mm -hmm. It's all right there. Reach, sorry, like just reach down, pull out one, shake out some of the heat off. And you can just wipe each other down and care for each other. Warm towels, have some fruits. Uh, you know, I mean, your sugar levels might have just went low if you've been <laughs> doing all this right. If you've been, you know, going at it for three hours. But have some fruit or some chocolate. 
some wine or some water, really show devotion to this practice in this in this moment, and then hold each other. Um, I think the reason why I like the crock pot is because you know we we as for me, I grew up in you know uh, at a point where AIDS and HIV was very much a regular conversation at school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Magic Johnson announced his diagnosis when I was in a sophomore in high school. So AIDS was like, well, we were supposed to be, you mm-hmm. know, just fucking having fun and getting to know our bodies. We were like, oh, also when you do this, be advised it could kill you. Yeah, everyone's scared. Right, everyone's scared. So there's a lot of, a lot of that that had to be unpacked, but I think what that did for my generation that was different prior was that we became like germaphobes. And so as soon as sex was over, many of us had to jump up and go wipe everything off instead of lying there in the bathroom glow of it, which is fine. Maybe we've gotten used to this, you know, immediate sense of freshness where as soon as you get done, you, you know, you're tying off the condom and putting it in the trash or you're wiping off the semen from wherever it flew into or onto. Um, and instead of just lying there and being with each other. Yeah, it's like you're wiping away the other person, you know. Oh, yeah. you're, you're too dirty now. We're done. We have to. And then you're separating so mm-hmm. quickly to go do it at this time where this bonding hormone that's in your body is really wants to flood your whole body and say, yes, this is happiness. Let's cure our depression. You're like, nope, fuck it. Let me go wipe up. <laughs> and so having the crock pot right next to you instead of that gives you that, that little sense. Okay, I can wipe off a little bit right now and stay connected to my partner, stay holding my partner, stay in a place where we are still one. We're still together in this moment that we didn't break away because we wanted to be cleaned of each other. Mm-hmm. We just we're, we're here with each other. So aftercare to me looks like that. It's like staying in the moment. So it also tells the body that like your partner wasn't just here so they can get off. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, the, otherwise we're just kind of masturbating each other. Um, this, this gives you the opportunity to really be in a space where, okay, I'm with you. Not just, this wasn't just so that I, I got tired of my hand doing it myself, so I put it in your pussy. This is, we're together, and I'm honoring you. I just, it's such a more more efficient way to have sex. I love that. <laughs> now we all need a trip to Bed Bath & Beyond for the sex crackpot. <laughs> yes, and they go on sale all the time, and I always tell people, crockpots are always at the thrift store. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't even have to add anything to the landfill. Just go grab a 2 or $3 crockpot, check the cord, <laughs> make sure it's not frayed, and you're good to go because they last forever. I've yes, had my crockpots forever. <laughs> so the, so yeah. the next one I had on the list was, earlier on your list, was was bather. So tell me, as as the man, why is this important? Why do I need to bather? Why do I? Tell me. <laughs> okay, so one of the things that happens with with women um, is that we're always in the position where we are doing the caring and the nurturing, and you'll find by the time you reach any remarkable age as a woman that no one's really done any of what you do for other people, whether it be to, especially with children, you know, like yes, um, yes, moms, yes. <laughs> moms are bathing babies from the time they come out. Um, if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a mother, but I'm an auntie and I can't tell you how many hundreds of baths I've given to my nieces and nephews. Um, this is what we do. 
is what we do. Our, my grandmother, when she fell ill, I was the one that bathed her. Who bathes the woman? And so this is the opportunity, and this is such an act of love and devotion. I mean, it's in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> that this is, you know, this is a historical way in which we care toward each other. And that we, um, you know, we offer ourselves in this, in such a intimate and safe and clean space to really clear the body of, of everything. And so, yeah. So that's, that's what she, that's why, that's the why. Treat her like um, the goddess she is, right? Yeah. She likes the goddess that she is. <laughs> um, and it gives you a chance to really also connect body to body with her because if you're in the bath with her, it's, it's an opportunity for you to let, just be back in that energy field again and really kind of let the body know. Because our bodies know. Our brains are dumb. <laughs> they, I mean, they, you know, they can figure out some mathematical equations, but as far as saving our ass, we would have never made it if we just <laughs> had to rely on our brains. We would not, we would never evolve. We, we would be extinct. Um, our bodies saved us. Our bodies had cues, you know, picked up the same way that animals do. And we watch all the other animals like, wow, the animal felt something wasn't right and took off running. Well, that used to be us. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we started getting all stuck up in this rational mind and, and leaving the intuitive mind and the energetic mind behind. So this kind of brings you back into the space where the energetic mind, which is still there, it's still there. But this way, that starts the relaxation process first. The bathing ceremony lets you get into your body, lets you realize that the body communicates that, you know, everything's safe here go ahead and you start feeling arousal instead of just trying to force this feeling of arousal. Okay. Yeah. Well, we could all be doing better. <laughs> so the next one I have on here is uh, set the mood. Mm -hmm. So what all do you include when you set the mood? Because I'm going to real quick. Also, the next one, um, the last one that we have that we have, because I know we're missing one that I want to find out which one we're missing, but is don't turn all the lights off, which I also, I kind of put that with, setting the mood so when that you think about set setting mood, so you're missing two. Oh, oh shoot yeah okay so we are missing so two so i'm glad we got down to the bottom of that. we did so, okay yeah i need to be fucked properly so <laughs> yeah so setting the mood is about that it's about like oh, so oftentimes we think about setting the mood and our first thought is all right let me dim the lights and light some candles but no i want you to see each other but setting the mood still still light the candles still make sure that the space is clear and, and energetically light, um, burn some incense, have fragrance around whatever is suitable for both partners, um, making sure, I mean, sometimes it's just simple stuff that um, men don't think about as much, and I'm not, I'm not, not a hashtag not all men, because my husband definitely thinks about it, but, um, but like changing the sheets and putting some fresh sheets down, even though you're going to sully them, go ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know where Sully came from. Now that I've been watching too much Game of Thrones, um, but but just like you know, having creating a space that is that says you are going to get worshipped tonight, like this is going to happen. Uh, making sure that that her comfort is paramount. So a lot of things, so having a lot of extra pillows is really important. Like. Pull out the extra pillows. If you don't have any extra pillows, 
go buy some extra pillows because <laughs> there's a position where when a woman puts both of her feet together, the soles of her feet together and allows her knees to splay out, you have the most access to her pussy. It's the best position for pussy eater, but most of us can't lie in that position fully unsupported because of our tight hips because we sit in chairs and drive cars all day. So we need a lot of pillows to be up underneath the thighs, underneath the knees so that it takes the pressure off of the hip joint and the hip flexor. So just things like that. Yeah. So I know what position we'll all be trying later today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A little free free sex tip for the... But but yeah, so things like that where you're just, you know, the setting the mood, setting the environment so that it feels like this is a sexy place. And I think, you know, I'm I'm a Valentine's baby. So I'm very anti Valentine's Day because everything is all chocolate hearts and that's all I ever got for like my birthday is <laughs> the day after Valentine's. So it was a lifetime of getting um date, you know clearance chocolate and shit for (laughs) for my birthday but I also I hate it because of that but also it's just um cliche yeah so don't don't wait till valentine's day to try and set the mood and when you do don't make it about chocolate and hearts like really give some thought into what her needs what her desires what will light up her life what will make her feel comfortable because setting the mood is really about making it so she feels ready to receive. All right. That is great advice. So so what are the two we're missing? What did we what did our brains forget when we got back from eye from gazing. naughty? Eye gazing. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah, so eye gazing um is really important. A lot of people tend to close their eyes during sex. Um we again I talked about not really seeing each other. Um, and it, it takes away from the ability to build intimacy and connection. So making sure that you, um, that you have, you know, the opportunity to just sit and literally stare into each other's eyes. You know, they say the window, you know, the eyes are the windows to the soul. So this gives you a chance to kind of connect bit by bit, moment by moment with, with your, with your lover without, without all the other stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's hard. I'm going to tell you right now, it's really hard for a lot of people because we tend to not look at people. And so, or we don't like to be, especially like, I mean, I lived in, in the big city and we were taught kind of don't, you know, don't look at strangers or, mm-hmm. you know, you don't stare, at, don't stare at anybody. And so being stared at, can feel um can feel scary yeah. for a lot of people vulnerable have, yeah and then you're like then you start coming into the space where you um where you kind of think maybe maybe they're looking at me maybe they're seeing something about me that I don't want them to see so it gets uncomfortable um but this is your lover so this is your opportunity to allow somebody to see you maybe for the first time, maybe in a way that you don't usually let people, mm-hmm. um, people see you. So, yeah, so that, that was one of them. The other one that you're missing is become a master giver. Oh, those are two big ones we're missing. So. Yes. Become yeah, a, okay. Those are really two big ones. 
Um, <laughs> but you guys had a good start. Eight out of ten. I'm still gonna still eighty percent. You're still passing. Um, yes, thank we're you. Gonna you on, we're gonna put you on the honor roll now. <laughs> so. Um, so speak a little about um, be a be a master giver. Like what what advice are you telling uh, the men in the audience or the um, the, the who the, yeah. the people who need to hear so, this? This is really important um, because we we tend to in the kink community top from the bottom, right? We give to receive, and so I, you have to let go of that to be a master giver. You have to give surely for the fact that you are able to give, that you desire to give nothing is coming back to you. You have to let go of the idea of getting anything back for this act of devotion. That's what's hard because we've been socialized to, you know, to give really, no matter what the lesson says, we've been taught that we give to receive from white elephants to birthday parties. It doesn't matter. We are always giving with the idea that we're receiving something, friendship, of admiration, celebration, her gifts better than yours, whatever the case may be. Like we're always in this process. And so we take away from the sacred act of giving. And and when you become a master giver, you you take your time and, and indulge your partner giving pleasure um, with really without having anything else connected to that except for the spirit of selflessness. And and um, as an as an offering, also, you know, we say fuck her like a goddess. You look at like all the ancient practices for deities, and there's always an altar, there's always an offering. And so here in this moment, like all of the things that you're doing, you're doing as an offering. You're not doing it because you're mm-hmm. gonna get anything back. You've already give, been given plenty with the presence of the goddess. And so in this moment, you're just saying thank you. Let me give all of these things to you. Um, all this pleasure and and all of this connection and all of this love and that that changes a lot yeah and that i'm sure takes a lot of practice to get to that point too because by giving you will then receive you know for the men it's they they will have pleasure just by by giving themselves right and so i think one of the keys to me and what i teach for folks with this is that the only way this is ever going to happen is if you both take turns take turns pulling straws because you it's really hard to be a master giver if your partner is not a master receiver mm-hmm. one of the classes i teach is on the art of receiving because that's what's important in this process our nurturing nature will kick in and we'll start trying to figure out what we can do to make it easier for you to give to us and that's just fucking up the whole system <laughs> so so it requires some training on both sides. It requires the women to to kind of sit back and, and take a role that we are not used to taking either, which is fully being receptive, which is so funny because that is the role of the feminine. That's the divine feminine energy. It's the receptive energy. But but we have to get back to nature. Yeah, that's I struggle with that too because I'm always doing something for someone else, like you said. So that's mm-hmm. it takes practice. Well, I know yeah. I can be better at, at, at these. And so thank you for filling in our gaps that we didn't even realize we're missing two. two. And yes, not a problem. And I can definitely uh, t- take these. And, and you, all the points you speak are totally true that 
um, like they're they're all ten fantastic steps, and I know that we've 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 incorporated we we can do better, I can do better, but um, over the last year we started to do things such as we we have specific lights in our room that we turn on for when we're when when we're getting ready to have sex and setting the mood that way and just trying to make it more of a a a place that's um, set. F- like a place for sex and not just for sleeping and, and getting things that have to be done, done and, and making it more of the sensual and, and really trying to take what, take what we learned from your class. Cause you're, that was, that was a great class. The two classes that we attended on um, really made a mark on us. And that's why we wanted to try to get in touch with you because we had a, such a good time and uh, never been, I mean, we've, we've been in a lot of group sex uh, situations and never one where we're, just in a room completely masturbating with mm-hmm. with total strangers it was you know these, these these things that we took away these experiences that were amazing yeah we we haven't yeah. had the the theory of tantra co-mingled with with the lifestyle before and so i i like how you brought those concepts to us because i mean really it just slows everything down and it, it brings more pleasure for everybody mm-hmm. yeah it really does and I mean, I'm here for the Tantra Sling event. So I mean, I've gone to, you know, I've come to some private parties, which is really what I get booked for way more often is coming into small groups where there's, you know, four or five couples or that are that are, you know, in a swinging group, which is what I thought swinging always was. Huh? Before mm-hmm. before I learned, I just thought that's what people were doing. That's what the housewives did. We got married <laughs> and they went and got together and one of the cute ones picked up another cute one at the bar and I was the cute one at the bar. So I just always thought that's how it went. I just got invited to people's houses. <laughs> cute one I'm at the bar. Naivety of you. But, <laughs> but so now that I'm working with couples, a lot of times that's what I get invited to where those kind of, I'm still, I'm still getting invited to those kind of parties only now as a facilitator and not the unicorn. <laughs> so, um, so I do I do love to do that though, to get into a space where I know that when I you know, I'm kinda like setting the vibe so I know that when I leave that they get they're gonna all have much better, much more connected sex. Because I got there and we started with some meditation and some yoga and some connecting exercises and some group masturbation and, and it's just all very much more I feel good about it. I feel like I'm, I'm just increasing orgasmic potential in the world as for a living, and I couldn't be happier. What an amazing job to have! So, <laughs> thank you so much for for taking the time to join us. How can people find you? Um, people can find me at ATL, like the airport code, mm-hmm. Tantra T A N T R A dot com. Um, I'm also ATL Tantra on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, if you put in Atlanta and Tantra, you'll get two people. You'll get me and a guy that teaches Tantra yoga. Um, so okay. it's just Tantra yoga. So you you can't, it won't be hard to find if you put in Atlanta and Tantra. But follow me on Instagram. You can also listen to the Fix Your Sex podcast, which is probably everywhere this podcast is as well. So just go subscribe to that one too. And one thing we haven't taken advantage of yet, but I believe at um, your classes in the summer, you had mentioned that there were some classes that were could be attended virtually. Is is yes? So I teach a series of classes, Tantra One Hundred One, which gives you the basics of Tantra, um, which is more on you know kind of on a larger picture, so not just focus on sex, but how this all can relate to sex. 
um, and those are all streamed online. So if you register for one of those classes, there's always an online streaming option. And a lot of my classes, with the exception of Tantra Tuesday right now, because we moved into a location where the service is shitty, so we can't stream there just yet. Um, but a lot of the classes that we teach online, I mean, that, that I teach, we are streaming online as well. So there's usually an option for, for streaming. The only exception is, as I mentioned earlier, I hate teaching with my clothes on. I'm a newest, mm -hmm. and um, I use YouTube as a streaming platform, so clearly there's a problem. Um, <laughs> I don't. So if I'm going to take my clothes off, the only way you see those classes are, is on OnlyFans. <laughs> All right. And Tantra. <laughs> any, any conferences or appearances already um, on the books for you this year that, that people can, can, come, can come and see you? I'll be at Sex Down South again this year. I will also be at the Atlanta Tantra Festival, which is my event that's in October. It's a two-day festival here in Atlanta. We have on-site accommodations as well. We take over a really large old church, and you can sleep in the rectory and get spanked in the dungeon. It's really fun. <laughs> <That's awesome>. um, <laughs> so there's so I have those two things for sure on the calendar. I'm going on the Naughty Cruise in a couple days or in a couple weeks, um, and hopefully I'll be back at naughty and Nolens. uh i'm just waiting on on confirmation on that but um, i'll keep you posted if you sign up for my mailing list i will let you know um you'll see that on the website and and hopefully there's more i'm not sure yet just just yet i'm you know working on leading a, a couple groups that we oh we're going back to cuba we're going back to mexico um i'm sorry to costa rica and we're trying to um, map out mexico see if we can't get that and so there's there's a couple of other things that may be coming up, but we'll see. Well, that sounds that sounds great. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. It's been super fun to to to, to talk to you. And we you're we welcome. highly Thank endorse you. your classes. We've uh, we attended two, and we want to do a virtual. We have not done we have not done that yet, but we want to do that. And so we appreciate you very much for coming on the show. No problem. And if you ever want to have me come up to Michigan once the thaw, the, the you know the great thaw happens, <laughs> and you have a, a have a group of ten or more, just let me know. We'll make that work too. Okay. All great. right. That sounds great. great. Thank okay. You. Wonderful. You all have a wonderful week, and I, I look forward to seeing you in the future. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. All right, everybody. Stay sexy and stay swinging. Break.